What up, Santa bitch? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Movies with Wrestlers. I am your host, Eric Tootin. Uh, this week, I'm talking to Eamon McMullen about a movie called Santa's Sleigh. Christmas episode. What's up? Uh, Eamon is a dude I met a couple years back when his band was on tour. Um, they came through Bozeman. Uh, his band's called Mosey Jones, but he was on tour with The Pigeon Pack, which is uh, like a musical collective uh, that he and some other bands over in New York have put together and it's 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 a really cool thing it actually embodies pretty much everything that i love about diy music um but it was really cool because he decided to put out a compilation um i asked if i could uh, be on said compilation and he was like yeah you could be on this compilation so he let me on the compilation so i decided to ask him to be on movies with wrestlers and here we are um so i'm not going to talk too much more i'm going to get into the episode this one's fun uh, definitely suggest watching Santa's Sleigh. Uh, it's only an hour and 17, so you don't have that much to lose. And it was it was a fun watch. Uh, so here it is, uh, Santa's Sleigh with Eamon McMullen. So yeah, uh, Santa's Sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. That happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I watched it on Amazon and it got four and a half stars on Amazon. Somebody did that on purpose they i must have i would think so yeah people into watching it. it's it's not like so i guess we, i the way i do this podcast is i kind of like make notes as i'm going throughout the movie just like as i'm watching it and um so it, it basically kind of runs down the plot for everybody but also we just talk about it along the way but this first scene was like I feel like they spent their entire like casting budget on this first scene. <laughs> and like so, I was So I I went into this movie knowing nothing except for the general plot. Yeah. And that first scene started and I was presented with Fran Drescher <laughs> and Chris Kattan and I was like this is about to be a great movie. <laughs> yeah, like my first three notes for this movie were uh, just Fran Drescher exclamation point, Chris Kattan question mark, and James Caan question mark. Because like those are definitely the biggest stars that a movie like this can get. But like I was actually surprised that they got those that level of of. Uh, well, I mean, I guess they did get Goldberg to to star in the main role. So. <laughs> But yeah, I um I was very disappointed when Chris Kattan died. Um, I have a I have a weird love for him, even though I've seen like one of his movies and used to see him on Saturday Night Live, and that's about it. Yeah, no, I uh I know what you mean. He's like a likable guy. Um, I remember liking Corky Romano a lot when I was a kid. Yes. Like. That movie, I have a fondness for that movie, and I have no... I could not tell you. I've seen it, a, like, a dozen times. I couldn't tell you what happens. Same. I know <laughs> that once, at one point he says, want some cookies or something. Yeah, that's oh. the scene I went to, too. That must have been, like, the funniest part of the movie, because it's the only thing I remember. <laughs> He's, like, dressed as a Girl Scout saying something about cookies at somebody's door. That's the only memory I have of that movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he actually came to Bozeman uh, like three months ago, I want to say, and did like a stand-up set. Oh. Yeah. Did you go? I didn't, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, And I'm not too sad about it, honestly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just a weird scene. I actually, for this movie, and it's kind of an indicator of like how bad the movie is because I had within like the first five, like five minutes of the movie, I had like pretty much a page of notes Um, (laughs) and that's pretty quick. That's like might be the fastest that I've ever taken a page of notes was within five minutes of a movie. You're um, like, hold on, hold on, I gotta pause, I gotta, I gotta write this down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I do, I like pull lines from the movies and I always pause to see where it's at so that I can remember to go back and so I don't have to watch the movie twice, basically. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But one good line, uh, I don't want to screw the bird, I want to eat it. It's called foreplay. I don't want to screw the bird, I want to eat it. Some of the dialogue <laughs> in this first scene is just like, ah... Uh, I guess of its time, I guess. Yeah. It was like... I I really did not understand what the relationship between all those characters was. I didn't... And I watched that scene multiple times <laughs> to try to figure it out. What I could gather is that uh, Fran Drescher is the wife of James Caan, who's like super grumpy for some reason. And I'm not sure where Chris Kattan comes in. Maybe he's like a like a cousin or maybe... Maybe Fran Drescher is his stepmom. I don't know. It's hard yeah, to figure I out. Because I know, I know those other two women were Fran's uh, children. Right. And I know that the third woman was not Fran's child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe... I know Chris Kattan was also there and <laughs> perhaps married to that other woman. Yeah, that's but, what I would I would say. I don't think that him and Fran are are together. They want to be, sure. but I don't think they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that was confused. <laughs> yeah. uh, another good line. Uh, one of the one of Fran's daughters says, "Thank you for making us not poor or Samoan," which I thought was kind of out of left field. <laughs> also, thank you for not making us poor. Or Samoan. <laughs> like, I didn't and understand then, how that fit in there. And then I... Chris Kattan whispers to, uh, I assume, his wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think he asks, what's a Samoan? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the general point of all of these characters is to... Um, I assume that they are they fall on the naughty side of the spectrum when it comes to Santa. And yeah, uh, that's why sure. they're being killed, but we kind of find out later on that it doesn't really matter if you're naughty or nice, Santa's like going to kill you anyway. Yeah, I guess they just wanted to start it off with like here's some people that we can definitely kill and you're not going to feel bad about. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, like they kind of get you on Santa's side to start. Um mm-hmm. They did uh they did a great thing um when Santa burst through the chimney in the opening scene, he, uh, Fran Drescher looks at him and says, Santa, and then she does the, uh, the whole Fran Drescher, like, eh, thing. <laughs> yeah. Santa? 
<laughs> which I <laughs> I thought it was great that the director was like, yeah, so we we just want to put that trademark thing in there because everybody's going to watch yeah. this and see, hey, that's the nanny. So could you just do the thing you did on the nanny? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they were doing that with a lot of people. In if they had any recognition, it was like, oh, do that thing that you have recognition for. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah. Um, which is true for Goldberg, too, because he does a lot of wrestling moves in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I guess it does make sense. Like, he would. <laughs> yeah. I've done... I've watched a lot of movies that have wrestlers in them now. And, um, oh, have you? <laughs> I have, yeah. And, like, I've noticed that's a common trope um, mm. is, like they do wrestling moves in the movies and I noticed it, um, specifically with the rocks earlier work, <laughs> um, <laughs> like the before rundown. He was, yeah. Like, he was just more than just a wrestler yeah, doing a movie. Yeah. He's like a whole other thing now. Um, yeah. I've, I've come to find that the rock is like, I don't know. He's very likable. Uh, People like the rock. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about like the concept of this whole show, and I was like, "How many movies with wrestlers are there that are like particularly good right. or well liked?" Right. And then I realized that The Rock counts, and that really opens a whole other door of movies. Yeah. That I'm sure there are actually good ones with The Rock in it. I don't know of it, and I was like, "Oh, that's like half of the." discography or filmography of wrestlers yeah no yeah yeah the rock is a big part of this show um (laughs) and actually surprisingly like i'm I'm not super far into the show yet i haven't done a ton of episodes but like a lot like i haven't done a lot with the rock yet um so Mm. i think i'm about due it's about time i will say um he was i the one episode i did with the rock i've done a couple but one of the ones that stands out is uh Moana he was a voice in Moana and uh I really liked that movie I thought it was uh pretty good for like a I don't know I'm not I'm not one for like Disney cartoons and uh mm-hmm. I didn't mind watching that one okay <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I haven't actually seen that one but I'm I generally it. okay with Disney cartoons so yeah I recommend it it wasn't bad um yeah so Fran Drescher gets torched by Santa. Like, yep. I can't remember how exactly he does it. But I, I think he um, downs a bunch of alcohol. Yeah. And has a small flame right. somehow. And yeah. blows the alcohol into it. Yeah, that's right. That sounds totally right. And <laughs> then he like super kicks Chris Catan, which was pretty yep. sweet. <laughs> I think that's all that happened to him. So yeah, pretty much. I don't easy. think he got like necessarily killed, so he might live on to make Corky Romano too. Oh my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> um, uh, another good thing that happens—not a good thing, just a thing that I decided to take note of—but he takes the star off the top of the tree and fucking uses it as a throwing star, which was <laughs> just innovative in a Christmas way, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, they really... That might have been the, the whole concept of this movie. They were like, what if we use the tree star as Maybe, like yeah, a yeah. star? 
Yeah. How do we make this a movie? <laughs> yeah, this whole thing just originated probably from uh, two dudes sitting on a couch smoking weed, staring at a Christmas tree, and being like, what if Santa was bad and he used a star as a throwing star instead? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, be surprised, actually. Um, yeah, that sounds right. But that—that's the opening scene, um, and it there, leads. There was one thing. Yeah. There was one thing in the opening scene that I noticed, and then noticed again later, with Santa putting his hat on a coat rack. Yeah, it like lands perfectly. Like, why does he do that multiple times in this movie? I don't know. That is a common thing, actually. <laughs> yeah there's a couple of things that it's just like why did they put that in there like why did they make that decision yeah <laughs> that, that was my first that was my first big question just like weird stances to take <laughs> like thank you for not making us poor or samoan like what are you t- <laughs> why did that need to go into the movie <laughs> um it leads to a pretty sick title sequence um yep where they like, they put up uh, Santa's sleigh, and that's the movie we're doing, by the way, for the people listening. It's Santa's sleigh, but sleigh is spelled S L A Y. Um, they put up Satan's sleigh, and then they like knock it with a sleigh, and it turns into to Santa's sleigh. Um, pretty clever. <laughs> pretty clever. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Then the next scene... Oh, I also wrote down that it was produced by Brett Ratner. Um, I don't know if you know who Brett Ratner is, but he made, like, I think Rush Hour 2 was one of the movies he made. He's made some, like, really bummer movies, just, like, in my opinion, like, not great movies. And for some reason, ever since I was a kid, I've had this weird, like, I've harbored a weird grudge against Brett Ratner. Like, I don't know why. There's certain people, like certain, even like, okay, take this for example. Tom Bergeron, the guy that uh, hosted Dancing with the Stars and uh, America's Funniest Home Videos after Bob Saget, never Uh fucking liked that guy. I've always had a thing against that guy for some reason. So every time I, and I don't even know why. It's just like a weird stance that I took when I was fucking like 11 years old. And like to this day, if I see Tom Bergeron, I'm just like, fuck you, Tom Bergeron. Yeah, I, I, don't know. I always felt like he was corny. Yeah, he is super but corny. Up- Maybe that's why I didn't <laughs> like him. I don't know. I was just like, you're not funny. Um, so yeah, I think that's why I decided to note that it was produced by Brett Ratner because I was like, yeah, of course this movie is produced by fucking Brett Ratner in my mind, you know. <laughs> you watched the opening scene and you were like, oh, this movie's pretty fun. Yeah, right. I hate this movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's pretty much what's going on. Um, yeah, it's weird what things will like live on with you. <laughs> uh, so the next scene is in, uh, like a deli and, uh, this is, mm-hmm. it's just basically like the meanest old lady in the world talking to, uh, Nicholas, the aptly named main character of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, I forgot everyone's, uh, character name before oh yeah i do like, that earlier today yeah that, and then that's I okay i rewatched some of it to try to remember 
And then I remembered Nicholas because it was easy. And yeah. Grandpa because easy enough. Yeah. I, I honestly. Don't <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you anybody else's name. I don't remember uh, what. Uh, I call her Claire because she played Claire on Lost. That's what I yep, like refer yep. to her as. But uh, don't remember what her character's name was. I think Mary. That sounds right. That seems heavy-handed enough to be the name <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, though, it's Claire. <laughs> yeah. That's just how yeah, it we works. Can, we can movie. refer to her as Claire. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, a line that the old lady says that I really liked was, because uh, she's, like, all pissed off. She's like, don't give me that, because the guy's, like, happy holiday. And she's like, don't give me that political correct bullshit. Say Merry Christmas. And so he's like, okay, Merry Christmas. And she's like, thank you. And go fuck yourself. <laughs> And uh, have a very happy holiday there, Mrs. Talbot. Don't use that political language shit with me. It's Christmas. Wish me Merry Christmas. I'm sorry. Merry Christmas, Mrs. Talbot. Thank you. And go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just you to... find out that the guy's Jewish anyway. So yeah. Like... <laughs> I was actually... I was, looking, I was looking at this movie on IMDb, and one of the uh, trivia facts about this movie is that most of the main actors are Jewish. I could see it. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of play on on Jewish people in the movie. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, <laughs> I like the um, in the deli. He's got uh, blue and white streamers with bagels connected <laughs> to them in the window. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> like that. That's his Hanukkah decoration. <laughs> I did notice the menorah that he had, which will later come into uh, come into play in a in a bad way. <laughs> yep, not not a good time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the next scene you see uh, Santa again, and this time he's in his sleigh, um, and like it's being pulled by one reindeer. But the reindeer, I was like, is that a fucking buffalo pulling a sleigh? That's, <laughs> that thing is a disgusting beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know uh i guess it, it kind of makes sense with the uh mythology that they're going with on how santa is santa but uh yeah yeah but uh anyway he's on the road behind the the meanest old lady in the world and uh which worth noting he's on the road for some reason <laughs> yeah why is he on the road he could be because his whole thing is he does the ludicrous line and he's like move bitch get out of the way <laughs> And like, yep. now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, dude, why don't you just take off into the sky, Santa? Yeah. <laughs> Plot holes. Why are you following the rules of the road at all? <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't for long because he runs her off the road. Yeah. Which true. I could have, like, they do it later on, but I could have swore that, like, they were going to do some sort of, like, grandma got run over by a reindeer type thing with that. Mm-hmm. And they didn't end up doing it. They did it later on, but... Yeah, they did, they did something else with that. Yeah, instead. they were misleading me. <laughs> uh, so in the next scene, the kids like leave the deli because I guess they just get to go home for the night. But like after they leave, something weird happens. Like the dude, I can't remember what his name is, but he's like their boss. He like throws like a walnut or something onto the counter and it goes over the counter. And then like that's the end of it. Did you notice that? I... 
I did. I think it was a dreidel. Oh, it was a dreidel. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense because I was just like, it looked like a chestnut or like a walnut or something. I was like, what? why did, like both me and my wife were just like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. He's just like, ugh. Yeah. completely fucks it up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Claire from Lost gives uh, the Nicholas a ride home. and um, But not before putting toothpaste in her mouth. Right. Yeah, that was weird, too. Another funny thing that I thought was great was that uh, after she gives him a ride home and he's, like, walking up the steps to his house, it looks like uh, he had put his scooter in the back of her truck and, like, he rode his scooter to work, like his Razor scooter, (laughs) (laughs) which was pretty cool. Is that what that was? I was wondering. I think it was a scooter. I don't think there was. I think it was just, like, one of those Razor scooters, you know? Which is like, that's, that's cool. You'd expect like a skateboard or something like that. Because he seemed like kind of like a skater kid. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't I didn't peg him as a scooter kid. Yeah. I felt like that was, that's kind of one of the instances where I felt like they really took time to explain things yeah. that did not need explaining. Yeah, they do that a lot. And it's funny because you'd think that the movie'd be a lot longer than it is, but the movie's only like an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was pretty stoked when I saw that. I was like, Oh, thank God. Cause like sometimes I have to watch like two hour movies. A lot of times they're a tight hour and a half, but like, for example, I watched a movie with uh triple H called the chaperone and, uh, is bad, but it was like an hour and 50 and it was really God. hard to sit through for an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. This movie, I not so hard to sit down. through. It was uh, just entertaining enough, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll get into my final thoughts later. Um, <clears throat> okay, so, so he gets home, right? Right. And I have a big issue here. I have okay. a huge, humongous issue here. Lay it on me. So he gets home, and he picks keys out of hiding spots. Right. And there are multiple keys... And that happens, okay? So, here here are my questions that I have. First off, why does this kid not carry around his keys? Dude, I asked the same question the second time he had to get into his house. Like, when he was running from Santa <laughs> later in the movie, and he was, like, trying to get all yep. the locks open. I was like, dude, why don't you just carry fucking keys? Yep, yep. And secondly, we've got this grandpa who is clearly, like, paranoid about something that he's got all of these keys, all these locks. Right. How, in what world would this grandpa allow for these keys to just be sitting outside like that? Yeah, I had Is he just doing it to spite his grandfather? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had the same thought. I was just like, for somebody who's so paranoid, he's pretty cool with having keys outside of his house. (laughs) Just like sitting right outside of his house, like... I mean, granted, he did have, like, a full, like, security camera set up to where he could, like, monitor everything from his bunker. Um, True. Grandpa's a weird character uh, yep. in general. Um, that was one my, of my notes. My was, question. Was, uh, what, my question. Yeah, do not end. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I continue to have issues. So, thirdly, um, um, he has a security system on the door. So, when the door is open, it beeps. 
Right. And then when you walk through the door, like most security systems, and it's beeping, you got to put in the code, and then you're good. Right. But there are there's at least one time, and I think more than that, that nobody's putting in the code yeah. into the thing, and they they like punched in the sound for beeping. And them just ignoring it, and just then it disappears later. Yeah. And why? Why did why? I I in short, I think the answer is laziness. Um, <laughs> partly, and then like secondly, probably they found it after they had already shot the entire movie. They found that error. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah. shit, we never made them like reset it, or they just like. <laughs> I don't know. You would think that after, because it 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 does beep for like at least thirty seconds, and you would think that after like fifteen seconds, fifteen seconds is adequate time to get to the 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 keypad that's right next to the door and to punch <laughs> into the code. Right next to it, yeah. Like you'd think that that's plenty of time to do that. So you'd think after like fifteen seconds, it would like start beeping louder or like send out an alert of some kind. But mm-hmm. I think it just continues to kind of buzz a little bit. <laughs> It's just like, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just like it. I think it's funny because, like, in the scene where it does just go and beep and he doesn't do anything about it is when, like, he's done something to upset Claire from Lost and then she leaves. And uh, mm-hmm. he's just got a. The security system knows that he needs time to look angsty, he needs time to brood. <laughs> And so it's just a really understanding security system. It's like, dude, I know your grandpa's like super paranoid. Like, I know you like Claire from Lost. Just you got it. Go for it. I'll I'll wait to beep this time. That's that's my theory on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have one final question about this key and security system issue. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we later find out that. The grandpa is so paranoid because he actually has legitimate reason to be paranoid because right. he knows that this, this, this demon Santa is going to be coming for him. Right. But we also know that he knows that that door isn't going to do anything to help him. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the point? <laughs> That's a good, you know, you're right. You know, <laughs> you know, you're right. Because even the bunker that he made, which he did not take very much time to hide, he just literally put no. one of those pull-down maps in front of it. <laughs> like, oh, Santa won't see this. <laughs> Except Santa does, like, immediately. <laughs> Nicholas lived there for quite a while and never knew about it, so... Yeah, that's a good point. Also, <laughs> I, I also noted that, like, everything that he has in the house is, like, a secret contraption that just, like, comes out of the wall or, like, comes out of the floor. <laughs> he does it, like, multiple times. There's, like, a safe <laughs> that he keeps that book yeah. in for some reason. <laughs> Not in the bunker. Here's... I have a question about the grandpa character... Why would you take the time to invent something that turns pages for you? Because he invented a machine that turns pages for him. You know, he had a thousand years. You know, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Time isn't really an issue for him, I guess. 
<laughs> Which also leads to another question. If he, like, sacrificed his immortality to, like, become a man, how did he live for a thousand years? Did they ever explain that? They did not, but I'm assuming that he was a saint or whatever for most of those thousand years. Uh, and yeah. then, near to the end, he decided to become a man. But... It doesn't change the fact that in the story from a thousand years ago, he is an old man. So how would he have become uh, mortal to have kids, to then have a grandson (laughs) and still be alive for that? Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't add up. (laughs) It just doesn't add up. Um also, the the machine he invented to turn the page for him didn't even really work that well. Like, it yeah, turned it multiple great. multiple pages at the same time. <laughs> but maybe Nicholas just didn't know how to use it well. It yeah, did have a lot of buttons. That's true. For a thing that turns pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, at this point, Claire from Lost comes back. For some reason, she just decided to come back. She She had to go home to pick up disgusting meat yeah to come back yeah she brings him wolverine to eat and like (laughs) he looks at it and it's not even cooked it's not even well (laughs) de-haired yeah it's just meat (laughs) but it's the thought that counts i suppose (laughs) (laughs) but um i uh probably my favorite uh, scene of the movie was the gun scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> because Nicholas's reaction was my exact reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll drop it in in here. <laughs> but yeah, basically, he just like opens it up. It's a gun, and he's just like, "You got me a gun for Christmas? What are you fucking retarded?" <laughs> you got me a gun. I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but what are you fucking retarded? (laughs) Yeah. um, I I made note of that, too. But then I was like, nope, it's Optimus Prime. (laughs) Because it's just a gun that transforms into Optimus Prime, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cute. I don't know where she got that so quickly, but... Yeah, good point. Didn't they, like... They had just talked about that in, like, the car on the way over to drop him yep. off at his house so like we're just to assume that she went out and in like 15 minutes found <laughs> the exact toy I, that he was talking about i could guess that she owned it because her family is such gun nuts they ah. were like here's your first gun <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i guess that's true if you think about like what happens later in the movie with her dad like it it makes total sense. Yeah. It all makes total sense. Okay. That's that's one of those situations where they thought about it too well. Yeah. They really explained it. Yeah. For no yeah. reason. <laughs> um the next scene is the Santa strip club scene. The you know, the obligatory Santa strip club scene. Um, yeah, of course. I think one thing that's funny is he gives his sleigh to the valet. That was pretty great. And he, I like, was like, has no idea what to do with it. This works. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, since he's in a strip club, he uh, has to deliver the ho ho hoes line. Ho ho hoes. Of course, yep. That uh, made me sad. <laughs> um, I this is this is another situation where they do something weird to explain something for no reason. Uh-huh. Um, so they have the, the, the collection scene at church. Uh-huh. And in the collection bin, there is a bill on it with this large D. And it's like this huge red D, and I don't know why it's there or what it's doing or what it means. But then in the strip club scene, you can see that he's giving the money from the collection thing because he gives away the dollar with the big D on it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's... uh... (sighs) This movie. (laughs) This movie. Um... He disinfects the stripper pole before he tears it off of the the stage to use it as a weapon. Yep, after having made out with a stripper and <laughs> putting his face in another stripper's crotch. Yeah. He suddenly decides to, when he's wearing gloves, disinfect his pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's... Uh, I thought that the opening scene of this movie was like going to be the most over-the-top part of the movie. I think this scene beat it for sure. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in this scene that's just like, I don't know, of its time, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> he, electric- he electrocutes a guy with the stripper pole uh, after he like disinfects it and rips it off the stage, which was pretty crazy. Yeah. He like impales him and then lifts him up into the lights. Yeah, I thought that was that was pretty uh pretty creative there. Yeah. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, it's funny I didn't that like this. Yeah. It's funny that like movies like this, there's like probably a team of at least 3 people like trying to figure out creative ways to kill people. On yeah. <laughs> like that's a job that exists in in the Hollywood, I guess Hollywood, maybe not Hollywood for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but like in the movie industry yeah yeah they have a they have a weird job yeah uh <laughs> buffalo ate the valet we find out but mm-hmm. you know it's probably better because santa definitely would have killed him if if uh he did that's it. true i was really hoping that they'd let the valet live and Santa just be like, you know, he provided me with a service. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay yeah. Uh, here, thanks for bringing my sleigh back. Um, your tip is that I'm not going to violently kill you. <laughs> your tip is your life. Yeah. A pretty good one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next scene, uh, Nicholas goes back and, and reads the book that his grandpa was reading him. Um, Presumably without the page turning invention. It didn't yep. I didn't see it at that point, but uh finds out about the bet that uh Santa had made, because Santa I guess has always been a shithead. 
Um, and mm-hmm. an angel, who we later find out is Nicholas's grandfather, um, came down to Earth and became a mortal that could live a thousand years at least. Um, has perpetually <laughs> been an old man, we we're to assume. Um, and yep. yet still has kids and grandchildren that never seem to notice that he doesn't age. <laughs> Even though his entire rest of his family is dead. Yeah, and then they decide to make a curling bet. and <laughs> Which is essentially whoever could get the, the stone closest to the hole without it going in the hole would win the bet. Santa is really confident and says, oh, I'll go first. Gets the the stone super close to the hole, and then Grandfather throws it and knocks his stone, knocks Santa's stone into the hole. Santa loses the bet. He has to be nice and give kids presents for a thousand years. That's where, like, the whole why Santa's evil thing is explained. Um, Which I think they want us to believe that it's some sort of, like, Norse mythology, which it could very well be. I didn't do my research, but... I have my doubts. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. Um, I want to do. I do want to say two things. Um, one is that I thought that the stop motion was very cute. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they like they um, make it the a other, cartoon. Yeah, and I mean it makes sense because they can't show yeah. grandfather being the old guy. So that's that's sure. true. <laughs> um. But I also want to bring up that this is my big issue with uh, movies with Santa in it. Uh-huh. Um, because we are we are being told that this is a world in which Santa does exist. Right. And he is being forced to give presents to kids. Right. And yet we are also in a world in which no one knows that Santa exists. <laughs> yeah. How does Santa give presents to the children if no one believes that he exists? That's true. That's true. And it brings up my next question, which is, is everyone in the world just bad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like to believe not, but, you know... <laughs> Times, I don't know. The last couple of years have been tough, and it's it's definitely <laughs> like quest made me question a lot of things about just like people in general, and honestly, what technology is doing to people. Um, it scares me. It scares me a lot, but I try yeah. not to think about it. <laughs> there's nothing I can well, do about it. Movies like Santa Slay are gonna make you think about it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I never thought that that movie would bring about that question, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah, uh, uh, crazy times we live in. But anyway, the kid, sure. uh, he closes the book after he finds out about the bet. Basically, for a thousand years, Santa has to be good. And he looks at the date and he's like, oh shit, it's exactly a thousand years. Shit, that was exactly 1,000 years ago. (laughs) Which I thought was pretty convenient. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, we could have watched Santa Slay, the prequel, the the year before, where nothing happens and he doesn't ask anything. (laughs) Ah, 
I'd almost rather watch that one. Because I bet it's more interesting. <laughs> I bet he's just like chomping at the bit. He's just like, he's delivering presents and he's just like, ah, these motherfuckers. Next year. <laughs> next year. He's just like waiting. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that might be good. I need to make that. Yeah. If, if somebody doesn't, I will. I need to get Brett Ratner on the horn and convince him to produce another one. Yeah. I'd probably watch it. Um, I'd definitely watch it if they put Goldberg in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm already invested in this universe, so I it's gotta true. go through whatever they put me through. <laughs> uh, the next scene is um, pretty random. It's just uh, a couple of kids that are like opening presents on Christmas. And... Uh, <laughs> being, being real assholes about it. Yeah, they are. And uh, they open... <laughs> They open up the presents and they just explode and then their heads are blown off. But it's like, it's like like, plastic. Yeah. It's like the cheapest (laughs) fucking like material that anybody could use. I can't, I want to think of something I could compare it to, but like, it's just like, it looks pretty cheesy. But, yeah, um, it's like all of a sudden they had no more budget, but they really needed this scene. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Um, and no one in that family reacts. They're just like, oh, oh, that's that's a surprise. Yeah, actually, it got one of my favorite reactions of the movie because it's like an older couple. I assume they're grandparents. And um, yeah. they just kind of like look at each other. And then the, the older lady is just like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> and that's where they <laughs> yeah. leave it. That's like where they leave it. And then it just cuts to the next scene. <laughs> yeah. Like they they're like, well, that's the disappointment, I guess, but <laughs> So the next scene, uh Santa is at the deli that um Nicholas and Claire from Lost work at. And uh they there's a thing about this movie, they keep calling Santa fat. Like they keep calling him like fat boy or fat so He's not fat in this movie. He's really, yeah. He's built, kind of. Super buff. Yeah. (laughs) It makes no sense. Also, Santa just, like, hisses at people. Like, he walks... (laughs) He walks past, like, like two or three... Like, a group of, like, Orthodox Jewish people. And just hisses at them. (laughs) Just hisses. Doesn't kill them. Just hisses. Yeah, he does that like a couple good. times. He hisses at some of the strippers too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask. Yeah. So, so the deli guy is Jewish. Right. It's clear. Yeah. He celebrates Hanukkah. That's fine. He decided to be closed for Christmas. <laughs> right. But he's also working on Christmas. Yeah. He's just in there working. Yeah, he's just like, ah, it's just so, another day for me. <laughs> <laughs> so why not just be open? Yeah, that's make, a good like, point. Like... <laughs> yeah, like if you're if you're worried about like not being busy, like you never know. You have nothing to lose by not opening. Yeah, like somebody's knocking on your door, just be like, "Do you want something? Like, are you gonna give me money? That's fine. We're cool." Yeah, he's like, "Nope, today is reserved for cleaning the meat slicers only." <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is a 
That's a good point. <laughs> um, he doesn't last much longer, though, so I guess it, it wouldn't no. matter too much if he was open or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wouldn't have gotten any business. Yeah, because Santa proceeds to kill him with a menorah. I believe he stabs it like directly through his his throat and like pins him up on the wall. Mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. Nicholas finds out about it over the radio or something like that. Like somebody might have a police scanner. Yeah, it was a police scanner in um, the very strange gas station scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> which, uh, which was, <laughs> because this is all I care about in movies, another time where they spent a lot of time making sure that everything was right because he gets gum, which is, Smoking gum? I don't know if that was a specific joke or anything. Um, and he... It's, it costs two something. And oh, yeah. he gives him a five. And the guy says, out of a five. And then when Nicholas runs out, the guy is holding two dollars and something. And it's like, hey, wait. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> You really spent a lot of time on this dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they had to like explain stuff enough for you to to understand what's going on cuz this is a pretty complex like really thick movie to get to, you know, to like <laughs> it's like it's you got to dissect it. <laughs> yep. Um <laughs> Kills Nick's boss. Nick runs into the restaurant and finds his dead boss, who's actually not dead. Like, he comes back for, like, a split second to Mm -hmm. basically give no information to Nick (laughs) about what happened. (laughs) Santa's real, which, if Nick wasn't who Nick was and just what he learned, that would mean (laughs) zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um... But that brings in, like, the worst cops that could be cops ever. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It seems like everybody on the police force in Hell Township is uh, of a very low IQ, (laughs) is the best way I could put it. Yeah. One of the cops spends some time outside with the Orthodox Jewish guys just making fun of their names yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the other guy just uh walks in casually as a guy is like stabbed through the neck pinned up to a wall and is just like oh what do we got going on in here (laughs) something about this isn't kosher (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's some uh pretty great one-liners in this movie (laughs) Um, did you notice the sweet Christmas rock that would kick in every time Santa would go on a killing spree? Oh yeah, that was pretty lit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you could definitely tell that, uh, somebody wrote all the music for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the one time that they use, and I think it's in the opening scene where they use that, like, famous classical piece of like they use it in christmas movies all the time they're like like that one. Oh yeah 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 like it annoys like that song annoys me just because it's so overused 
And I know it's just like it's probably because it's free. <laughs> like I think that's a free song that anybody could use in anything. So I've just I've heard it too much. And this is I wrote down that this was like the one scene that I didn't mind that song in because <laughs> he's just like torching Fran Drescher and like super kicking Chris Kattan and fucking they had it all figured out throwing Christmas stars. Um, so yeah, but the rest of the scenes just have like sweet Christmas rock or punk. Um, the uh, the captain of the police force's name is Captain Cock, which is like, yep. I don't know. It's too on the nose, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think they were, the... they were phoning it in at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the Jewish guys' last names was Lipschitz, <laughs> and there was somebody else with the last name of Zucker, and I think the first name was, like, Richard or something... Oh, oh yeah. That. There was another one. There was uh, Tessa Tickles. Or Tess Tickles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was just Tess Tickles. <laughs> yeah. Pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes to the police, to Captain Cock, and tries to, like, plead his case. Uh, Nicholas yeah, and does. Instead of, instead of saying, hey, there's, like, this guy who is Tristan Sano, who is really strong and is going to kill everyone, he instead says, Santa Claus is absolutely real. He is over a thousand years old, and you have to believe me. Yeah, he went a little too strong out of the gate. You, no lead-in <laughs> or anything. You got to be like, you got to like buffer it a little bit, be like, look, I know this is going to sound like insane. Trust me, I know. <laughs> But like, give it a little <laughs> bit of a lead in. <laughs> Don't just go straight yeah. straight out the gate with uh, Santa's a thousand years old and he's real, because you're just trying. <laughs> you're just asking to look crazy. Yeah, Although I, you, I, I you don't would, blame Captain Cock for not believing. <laughs> <laughs> you would think though that uh, after all these people are being murdered in a uh, Christmas tree pattern on the map. <laughs> You would think that he might be like, huh, that is kind of curious. Well, well, Captain Cock and that one cop didn't get to, uh, you know, really talk about that and piece those pieces together. That's true. That's true. Because they all got killed very soon. <laughs> um, they, they go back to... Uh, his house after they try to convince Captain Cock that Santa's real. Obviously, Captain Cock doesn't believe him. So they go back to his grandpa's house and uh, they're being hunted by Santa at this point. It leads to a, like kind of a pretty weird chase scene after. But um, Santa follows them to his grandpa and they hide out in the bunker, which doesn't really do him any good completely useless yeah um because some well they go to the bunker and he's like did santa follow you did santa follow you and they're like uh no i don't think so uh, i don't know and then carolers come to the door and uh claire from lost decides to go warn them that santa's coming to kill them which is like claire from lost what are you doing they're not gonna believe you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and again why go out of the gate so strong? Say, like, there's a killer on the loose. Yeah, don't even mention Santa. Just be like, there is a psychopath on the loose killing people. 
run <laughs> that easy. Not don't mention Santa. <laughs> yeah, Santa did follow them though, and I thought it was yeah. funny that um, the last guy that was on like the outside of the group of carolers. Santa just, like, reaches up and, like, grabs him and is like, excuse me, and just, like, fucking throws him into the snow. <laughs> I thought that was nice that he was polite, and he, did, he didn't necessarily kill the guy. He was just like, excuse me, and threw him down. <laughs> yeah. He must have been, uh, he must have been on the nice spectrum. <laughs> yeah. The nicer side. Um. And they end up, because uh, Santa follows them, he ends up getting into the house. He inevitably ends up getting into the bunker, even though the grandfather hit it very well with that pull-down map. <laughs> and uh, they they escape through a secret contraption and uh, make their way to the garage, which there's just two snowmobiles sitting there, ready and waiting <laughs> to uh, exit. And for... Um, the grandfather, who seems to be kind of a hermit and seems to be uh, paranoid, what with all the locks, and doesn't seem like the type to leave the house. It makes you wonder why there's two, two, uh, two of those just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it was part of his plan, but also, why was that part of his plan? <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, it, it, you got to wonder, maybe there's two snowmobiles sitting there. Uh, for the winter, and then maybe on the other side, which we didn't see on camera, there's two four wheelers sitting there um, for the summertime. So oh, I think that's what's going on. Like he's he's just really prepared. <laughs> um, but uh, it it just kind of it, it's all just sort of an awkward scene where um, yep. Santa and the old man confront each other. We find out that the old man is the old man from the the fable. Um, mm-hmm. and in case you hadn't figured it out, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling when they said old man and he was the only old man in the movie, <laughs> I was like, huh, I'm onto something here. <laughs> but he ends up, uh, Santa ends up killing the grandpa, um, which he's an angel. So, I mean, it's all good. Like he's still around. Like he says at the end of the at the end of the movie, he says, yeah. "I'll be around." And like he's he's still around. He's an angel, so it's not that big a deal. But at the time, um, it was a big deal. And that's where they dropped in the the grandpa got run over by a reindeer line. Oh, grandpa got run over by a reindeer. Yeah, yeah. Which I, knew, uh, I, I was, knew was I was happen. watching. I was watching with my girlfriend, and she said that line before it was said in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I just, like, knew. Yeah. It's one of those things where you, like, don't actually know for sure, but you just know it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay. All right. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, that leads to, like, a, a weird chase scene. And uh, after Nicholas was completely useless in helping turn on the other snowmobile. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Well, fix it. Yeah. Yeah. They make kind of weird choices with that character, uh, the Claire from Lost character, because like there's a moment when they're like going through the secret contraption 
into like another room and she's just like she takes the time to like be like hey i'm scared and uh mm-hmm. they just have like a moment about it and then in the very next scene she's like they make it a point to to show that she can't start the snowmobiler and he's like yeah. he doesn't do anything about it he's just like come on <laughs> let's go hey i'm ready what's going on hey he's right there get yeah. the thing started <laughs> Yeah, they, I feel like they couldn't decide if they wanted her to be damsel in distress or like yeah. strong female character. Yeah, it feels a little <laughs> bit like on both sides, you know, like, yeah, they, they couldn't decide basically. <laughs> um, they make their way to the school to try to hide from Santa and um, it doesn't work. Santa finds them. Yeah, um, like without any problem. Yeah, which is just like basically a vehicle for bill goldberg to go through and and say a bunch of really uh cheesy like christmas lines um like there's a there's one point where they're hiding i think in the library and um he's like not a creature was stirring i sounded kind of like macho man but (laughs) it's it's Goldberg. (laughs) he's like not a creature was stirring and then he sees them in the mirror and uh drops a fucking ornament smoke grenade on their asses <laughs> which was pretty yeah. dope honestly <laughs> it, was, it was good it was a good spot good um, and then uh, there's one point where he's reading a christmas christmas carol and he's just like christmas can really scare the dickens out of some people <laughs> yeah. i was just like ah, i see what you're doing i see what you're doing you're really trying to fit him in in this scene <laughs> um <laughs> And then uh, there's a one point where the the lights go out and he grabs a flashlight. Or no, it's when he's like going to smash him with the Zamboni. Like they're out on the ice and he has his flashlight and he grabs it and he like flashes it in, in uh, Santa's eyes. And for some reason, Santa decides to stop the Zamboni because <laughs> he's like, hey, I can't see. <laughs> yeah. But he says, uh, like, I, I don't actually know the line if you know the line. Oh, it's, uh, I'm Santa, not fucking Dracula. I'm Santa Claus, not fucking Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Dracula isn't scared of flashlights either, but sure. <laughs> yeah, he's not allergic to, uh, artificial light. <laughs> um, yep. Um,. But before the Zamboni, they they decided to, uh, Nick and Claire decide to have a moment on the ice, um, because for some reason, they believe they're safe. I don't know why they stop there yeah. at all. Yeah, well, it's, it's, his, it's the short window of time where he has to, like, actually realize that his grandfather is dead, and he's alone now. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. gets the sympathy kiss is what I I would call it. <laughs> <laughs> First time they kiss in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. If um, did they even fully kiss at that moment? They didn't at that moment. They don't like fully kiss until the very end. Uh, right. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird their entire relationship because. Honestly, at the beginning of the movie, it seems like he's trying to, like, start a relationship with her. Like, he wants to ask her out, but, like, uh-huh. she's not super into it. And then, right. for some reason, like, they're already boyfriend and girlfriend, like, two minutes later. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like, I felt I, like uh, their relationship was probably written by someone who has never been in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think what yeah. happened was uh, they weren't dating at, at the start of the night. Um, she went okay. home, gave him the uh, the gun Optimus Prime uh, okay. Christmas gift, and he was like, oh, this is sweet. Want to be my girlfriend? And she was right, just like, right. yeah. Yeah, that's what this means. So I think that's where it started, and then they were like already to the point where they were just watching movies on the couch together with his his grandpa. Yeah, and then she was, he was like, "My grandpa's weird," and then uh, she was like, "He's not that weird," and he was like, "Wow, screw you, your dad is weird." And she was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's I why hate she you. left. Bye. That's why she left. That was the that was their first fight." <laughs> They are just like, okay, they're just like the world's fastest progressing couple is the thing. Yeah, except for kissing, which doesn't happen until the end of the night. After they right. were probably married, but it was off screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think they got married right before, uh, it was like in the middle of the chase scene on the snowmobile. Um, they yeah. had a an ordained <laughs> minister drive up next to him on the other snowmobile. <laughs> No, the, their grandfather wed them when they escaped through the secret compartment. That's what happened. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, one of my favorite <laughs> uh, lines in the movie is they're talking about. Uh, well, Santa basically corners them, and Nicholas is like, "Well, it's too late. It's already seven o'clock at the North Pole," and then Goldberg just like schools them about time zones. <laughs> And he's like, actually, the North Pole is where all time zones converge. So you're fucking wrong and you're going to die, Nicholas. The clock just struck midnight at the pole. Christmas is officially over for you, Santa. You know, most people make the same mistake. The correct time at the pole is completely discretionary. Because the poles are where all the time zones actually converge. He's scary yet educational. So, what I'm saying, nitwits, is that Christmas is over when I say it's over. <laughs> yep, that, that was one of two times that I decided to Google something. And uh, it is, in fact, true that there are no uh, actual time zones on the North Pole. Um, usually, whoever is there... Uh, will use whatever is most convenient or where they came from originally. Oh, that's um, interesting. Like that. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, the other the other thing that I had to Google and find out was true was that uh, it is true that chestnuts will explode if you do not puncture them before heating them. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I actually learned a lot from this movie. <laughs> well, as uh, Claire from Lost says, he's scary and educational. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that way to go, Goldberg. His career, yeah. uh, his career took a great turn. Um. At that point, um, it's it, the movie's winding down. Um, there's only mm-hmm. about 10 minutes left in the hour and 17 movie. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> two of those minutes are credits. 
Um, another funny thing they did with the credits, I think they put X's for like naughty and like presents for like nice, but I think they put the X's next to all the people that died in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Best as I can tell. There were whole departments that were X's. I thought that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't remember exactly how they get away, but they get away and Santa's chasing them again. And then, uh, or no, no, they get out and, uh, they enlist the help of the, uh, the cross country skiers and skeet shooters club. Right. Um, is that a thing? Like, okay. So I'm pretty sheltered living in Montana. So like sometimes things are actually a thing and I don't know that they're actually a thing. Is that like a Uh thing? Okay, so I live in New York City, and I would think that someone from Montana would know about skeet shooting much more than I would. <laughs> okay, and if anybody knows, write in, movieswithwrestlers at gmail.com. Let me know if that's a thing, because <laughs> I've never heard of it. And honestly, you'd think I would. Like, And Bozeman, too, is like a big fucking ski town. I don't ski mm-hmm. or do any of that. Like, I'm I'm like a hermit. I don't go out of the house unless I have to. Um, but like, this is a big ski town, so somebody in Bozeman has got to know. I'll get to the bottom of this. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, I didn't know that like cross country skiing and skeet shooting went hand in hand. Hey, you know, uh, uh <laughs> they have some of the same letters. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. You know, I would think that if you're like on a pair of cross country skis, I don't know how cross country skis work. From what I've seen, though, um, they glide is how I describe them. But I would think if you shoot a shotgun while you're on those, you would just like go flying backwards because you're like already prone to gliding. You know, (laughs) that's what I would assume would happen. Um, Maybe that's how they get around. Do, oh. They shoot and go backwards. That's <laughs> <laughs> dangerous, but would work. Dangerous but effective. <laughs> um, I've, I, I, yeah, I've only gone. I went ski shooting, skeet, ski shooting, skeet shooting. Who words? I went skeet shooting one time. Um, it was kind of fun. Um, I don't know. Guns are weird. And I didn't feel like, I don't know, guns are weird for me. So, but it was cool. Have you ever been skeet shooting? I have not. I have never shot a gun more than a BB gun. Oh yeah, man. I used to go to town with BB guns. I. Uh, <laughs> it's actually funny. Um, little weird tangent off of Santa's sleigh, but um, when I was a kid, I managed to shoot like bb holes through like four different windows in my house um wow just for various reasons uh i think two of them were to see if the bb could go through the screen in the screen window and it could um and i think another time i was trying to shoot like a like a little statue that my mom had i don't know i guess i was a real shithead when i was a kid but (laughs) (laughs) uh let me try to Mom's shit. <laughs> yeah, basically, I guess. But uh, I I managed to hide it from my parents for like six months. I want to say, 
And um, one day, yeah, I know. Like, I don't know how, but I guess it was wintertime and we had the curtains drawn for most of the winter. So I I guess, like, that's how. Um, They found out about two of them because they were in the kitchen and it was pretty unavoidable. But they didn't know about the one in the living room because the curtains were drawn. Anyway, I was uh, watching TV in my room one day and all of a sudden I hear this, like, loud snap. And I look out the window and I shit you not, I see my dad with my BB gun and he's fucking breaking it across his knees, snapping it in half. And I was like, oh shit, I guess they found out about the other ones. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I didn't have a BB gun after that. (laughs) You were just watching like, I guess I deserve that. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I knew that was coming. Um, but yeah, <laughs> getting back to Santa Slay, um, they enlist the help of the cross country skeet shooters is what I'm going to call them <laughs> and, uh, decide to, uh, lure Santa to a certain area so that they could all presumably shoot him and try to kill him. Um, it seems far fetched that shotguns are going to work on santa because he seems unstoppable at this point might i add i don't know how much you know about wrestling but goldberg his big thing when he was in wrestling was that he was undefeated which i thought rang true in this movie because he seems seemingly undefeated until the very end and even then he's still undefeated because he gets away yeah yeah it's true um but Claire from Lost Dad ends up firing a fucking bazooka (laughs) at the sleigh and explodes the reindeer, the like fucking gnarly fucked up reindeer and the sleigh and presumably Santa. Um, They find a Santa impaled on a flagpole and uh, it was like, I guess, some priest from the town and they're like, oh, he was a, a murderer we never knew. Um, but they never find any uh, any uh, trace of Bill Goldberg. Yeah, no. So, leaves the door open for a sequel. They really, really wanted a sequel. Uh, I think they did. I think they really did. I mean, they really set it up as well as they could. They had... Nicholas say something about his journey just beginning. Right. Um, they didn't properly explain exactly what type of limbo the grandpa was in at this point because right. he had turned mortal and then died, but then he became a saint. Um. But yeah, I and it seems to me that he can't leave that building. <laughs> Yeah, why, like, is why he stuck in the school? There. <laughs> and nowhere else. Yeah. Um, and then they've got Santa getting away. We're not really sure what his powers are at this point, or if he has any, or if he'll have them again next year. Right. Well, he lost his sleigh, lost his reindeer. Mm-hmm. Which was Rudolph, I found out, because he had a red nose. Oh. It was definitely Rudolph. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he did to him. Didn't look like a reindeer. Like I said, it, it, it looked like a buffalo in my mind. Yeah. I thought it was a buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. I think Pepsi gave them some money because there's like two different shots in the movie where there's like very clear Pepsi logos. One is one of the last shots in the movie where Goldberg is sitting in the airport waiting to fly to the North Pole. And um, there's a just a giant Pepsi vending machine in the background. The other one is like a sweet in the fridge shot. Uh, and there's two Pepsis <laughs> sitting like on the top oh, shelf. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so I think Pepsi gave them some money to make Santa sleep. Yeah, I guess so. So next time you're drinking a Pepsi... <laughs> Think about Bill no, Goldberg. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the movie. So um, every episode, I ask two questions. Um, one, how would you rate Goldberg's performance in the movie out of ten? Um, yeah, out of ten, how would you how would you rate Bill Goldberg's performance? Damn, that's hard because I think. I think for the source material, he did really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, th- but does that mean he did well? <laughs> yeah, in the grand scheme. And <laughs> when we think about acting, was it what he was doing? <clears throat> <laughs> I'm going to give him, I'm gonna give him a, a seven, and I think I'm being nice. I think, yeah, you're being pretty nice. I'm going to agree with you, though, um, just because I think basically what you said for the source material, he did what was asked of him. I think all the actors in this movie did what was asked of them. Um, Yeah, I mean, they were decently convincing in their roles of completely ridiculous. Yeah, (laughs) I I almost think they could have got a better lead actor. but you know, maybe they couldn't. So <laughs> it's, it's they, had, they had a budget. Yeah, that's the thing, and they spent a lot of money on Fran Drescher and Chris Kattan and James Caan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay, so we we'll agree on seven for Bill Goldberg. Okay. Um, not too bad for Goldberg's first appearance on the show. I think he's been in like two or three other movies. Um, he actually he hosts a show on like the History Channel right now called uh, Forged in Fire Knife Fight, which Forged in Fire is something I stumbled across one day, and they just played a marathon of it, and uh, it's basically just people make like weapons, like knives and shit, and then they get judged. It's like Ink Master, but for like metal workers. It's just like huh. a, like a just reality competition show. But I watched like yeah. nine hours of it one day, and then they like showed this knife fight show, and fucking Goldberg was on there, and it's literally just a show where people come with the knives that they've built or like swords that they've built. Some people build like swords and shit, and uh, uh-huh. they basically go through this obstacle course with <laughs> that's that's like based on like having to cut things with a sword or a knife. So like. <laughs> It's it's pretty funny. Like, there's one, like, they start out and they're just, like, chopping all of this, like, industrial hosing. And there's just, like, powder and shit flying out. And then they have to go and they chop a sandbag. 
and like all the sand drips out. Um, my favorite is when they get to like the the meat portion because they have to like chop a chicken in half and then chop like a fucking Aww. fish in half and shit. It's a ridiculous show, but it's funny because Goldberg is like the host of it and he has to like critique all of these people's like performance. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like you'll see a guy go up and he'll just chop a fish in half and Goldberg will be like oh that's just a textbook slice right there <laughs> did, um, did he write this textbook I want to read it <laughs> um, okay so uh, what would you give the movie Santa's sleigh on a scale of 1 to 10 <laughs> alright I mean we have been able to talk about it for almost the runtime of the entire movie. We're just about, dude. We're about like three <laughs> minutes away, so we got to talk for yeah. at least four more minutes to beat out Santa's sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that means something. That's true. But That's true. Outside of that, do I really feel like this movie had any redeeming qualities at all? Would you watch it again? No. Yeah. I think we have <laughs> our answer. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I still think you're being nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd give the movie itself like a 2. Um, oh. The only reason I would bump it up would be it is what it is. It is for who it's yeah. for, you know? Um, yeah. It's made for, like, just, like, I don't know, just, like, that B-movie horror, like, audience. I wouldn't even class... What is this movie? Is it a horror movie or is it a holiday movie? I can't tell. It's not scary it's... in any way. No. It's gory um, to a degree, but it's definitely not scary. Yeah, it's just B-movie, campy nonsense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if I were to rate it normally as a movie, as a film, up against the likes of like great films like, like The Citizen Kane's of the World, um, <laughs> I, it gets like a two. But okay. if I were to like rate it as like, did I have fun watching it? Absolutely, I had fun watching it <laughs> because it's fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, for what it is, I will give it a five. But and in the grand scheme of everything, I give it a two. That's a convoluted <laughs> and complicated rating, but I'm sticking okay. to it. <laughs> I, I like it. It sounds good. <laughs> um, well, cool. Thanks so much for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, Obviously, you're more than welcome to uh, to come back if you ever think of a movie or see a wrestler in a movie and you're like, oh, shit, I could talk for an hour about this movie. <laughs> Hit your boy up and we'll make it happen. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the uh, compilation a little bit. Um, do you want to give okay, any details yeah. on that? or uh, sure, As far yeah. as so, uh, where we can find it, when it'll be available type of stuff. So I'm I'm in a group called the Pigeon Pack. We're uh, we're a musician collective. Uh, we're 
typically about four bands, a bunch of people having fun, making videos together, touring together, uh, you know, doing stuff like that. And so we're putting out this holiday compilation with a bunch of our other friends, uh, people from our hometown and people that we met on tour, like uh, like you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the compilation is called Fireside Reflections. Um, it's as corny as it can be. Um, <laughs> you can find it on uh, thepigeonpack.bandcamp.com. Uh, and it should also be on uh, uh, Spotify and other streaming platforms. Um, and I don't exactly know when this is, uh, when this podcast episode is coming out but this will be out december 14th 2018 so if it is that date or later you can find it on any of those things <laughs> i i believe it'll be a little bit later than the 14th um mm-hmm. because i think this is going to be the christmas episode of the show <laughs> <laughs> Makes as, sense. as we Makes are sense. talking about santa's sleigh um <laughs> So it will definitely be out by then, and um, I'll post links to the Bandcamp for it um, so people can get to that. Um, thanks for letting me be on that. Uh, thanks for giving me a little extra time. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's so hard. Like, you think, like, the simplest thing of, like, I just need to record a very simple song, one acoustic track, one vocal track. Easy to do, right? And then um, I have... I have a baby at home, so it's like every time I go to record it, she's like in the living room, and I can't yeah. do it while she's taking a nap because I'll wake her up. So it's like, <laughs> what's what right. do I do? So I've like tried over and over to like record it, and then she would just be like yelling in the back because every time I play guitar around her, she just like sings along. She'll just, but it's just she's a baby, so she just fucking yells. She's just like ah yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> It's like, jeez, so tone deaf, kid. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you got no rhythm. <laughs> but no, it's it's cool. I just ended up having to um, re-record everything and go over to Connor's to record it and have him do everything for me because honestly, he's way better at it anyway. And uh, I'm just really glad that I was able to make it happen because it was just like sort of down to the wire there and uh i i appreciate you letting me uh get on get in on that um yeah well i'm happy you're on it because your song is pretty great oh thank you <laughs> i'm really excited to hear it but um yeah so cool i'm glad i remembered to talk about that because uh as i was watching santa slay i did decide to have a couple of beers so i'm very forgetful <laughs> at times especially when i do this <laughs> podcast so glad i remembered yeah. that and uh cool right on all right there it is santa sleigh um yeah it was fun it was a good movie and i i liked i liked having goldberg in it uh, i thought he was a good santa uh, i want to thank Eamon uh for coming on the show and for putting out the compilation because it's a really good compilation um as he mentioned it's called fireside reflections you can find it at thepigeonpack.bandcamp.com it's also on Spotify and all the other streaming services so go check it out but if you get a chance go over to Bandcamp throw a few uh, dollars that way because it goes towards a good charity Um, I want to thank all of you for listening I want to thank 
Gohibiki for doing the intro and outro music for the season. It's called I'm Growing Horns. It's on their newest album, At Home in the Dark World, and you can find that Spotify, anywhere you can find music. But like I said, go to the Bandcamp, throw them some money, and download it, because it's a great, great album. I want to thank the Not Safer Network and all the shows on the Not Safer Network. Um, and yeah, next, next week is the season finale. The end of the year, the end of the season... And then season three has some some fun things in store, so stick around for that. That's all I got. Merry Christmas. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.